Hello everybody. Welcome to a year ago today. I'm your host, Tyla Fowler, and I am thrilled you're joining us. Seriously, thanks for being here. This week, I'm speaking with my friend Caroline. I know Caroline through our work with coach Tara Marino, and you're going to hear us talking a little bit about that in the episode. We'll be referencing the creme, which is Tara's nine-month intensive coaching experience, which Caroline and I have both completed. If you want to learn more about my experience in the creme, you can go back and listen to episode two of this podcast. And if you want to hear my mom talking about her experience in the same program, tune in to episode three, where we interview her about the experience and the investment. Near the top of this episode, you'll hear Caroline and I doing something I call the sensual breath. I did this in my last episode as well with Alicia, and this is because I also know Alicia through working with Tara. (laughs) Um, It's one of the most beautiful things about working with a coach sometimes is getting to be a part of the network of people that also find value in that coach's work. Anyway, the sensual breath is just one of the many gorgeous tools we've received through working with Tara. It's a breathing technique, and it supports us in coming into the body and speaking from our being. Thanks, Tara, for teaching us. (laughs) I also want to take a moment to acknowledge that we had a few tech issues while recording this episode, so you'll hear Caroline and I dealing with that a couple of times. A big thanks to my amazing sound engineer, Alex Francis, for dealing with all of the tech shenanigans it takes to get us this completed audio each week. I'm so grateful to you for all of the support that you bring. Hmm. So with that, I invite you to take a nice, deep, sensual breath. Set an intention for what you'd like to receive from listening to this episode today and buckle in because it's a really, really good one. Hi, Caroline. Hi. (laughs) We made it. Yay. Can we begin by having you introduce yourself to the people who are listening and sharing with them a little bit about how you identify yourself in this world? Um, Yeah, my name's Caroline, and I live in San Diego. Um... I am a, I say retired chiropractor because um, I practiced full-time until I had my kids, and once I had my kids, I chose to step away from the practice, which I was um, very blessed in that my husband and I are both chiropractors, and so he pretty much took over the practice so that I could stay home with my kids, and I, my original intention was to come back to practicing part-time once they were in school, but when school time came, I chose to homeschool them. 
So um, I, that's what I did. My daughter's now in college and my son is actually in high school, um, attending a high school because he plays baseball and wanted to, um, you know, play at a higher level. So, um, and what was the other part? How I identify myself? Yeah, how do you identify yourself in this world? Um, other than a mother and a former chiropractor. Um, hmm. That's actually <laughs> the main way I identify myself um, as a mm -hmm. mom. You know, as a mm -hmm. woman, as a mom. Mm -hmm. I identify myself as a Caucasian. Um, mm -hmm. I am my ethnic background. I'm half Mexican, half Irish. Um, my mom was actually born in Los Angeles. Her parents were from Mexico and she lived in a Mexican only community in um, Montebello, California, which mm -hmm. is in Los Angeles. And she grew up in a time where it was not okay to be, <laughs> I, should, I guess, you know, that's still an issue, right? But she did not yeah. want to um, identify or embrace her Mexican heritage. And um, so mm. that the Mexican culture really wasn't a big part of my growing up. So I'm very mm -hmm. Caucasian, very, mm. you know, white American. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing so candidly about that. What I would like to do is invite us to take three sensual breaths together, <laughs> since that's a, a thing we're both familiar with. Okay. And when we've done that, I'm going to invite you to just sit in presence with your eyes closed until you really feel like you've landed. And when you're really present in your body, I'm going to ask you to, well, I'm asking you now. I'm going to let you determine the timing of it. But when you've really landed in presence, to share with me in one word how you're feeling right now. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, would you like to lead the central breaths or would you like me to lead? I'll let you lead them. Okay. So inhale. And what I'm feeling right now is very calm and relaxed. Mm. I love that. Is that what you expected given what we're here to talk about? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So could you tell everybody what we're here to discuss? What was going on with you a year ago today? Yeah, um, a year ago today, I told my husband I wanted a divorce. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, calm and relaxed are not the first two things that pop to mind when you say that. No, not at all. Mm. So how were you feeling a year ago today? A year ago today, in one word, I was feeling empty. Just extremely empty. Mm. I feel that in my whole body. Can you tell me a little bit more about that empty feeling? Um, yeah, it... Um, Yeah, it, I felt just hollow, um, hopeless. You know, I was, I was just, I was in a really um, unhappy place in my marriage and truly just thought it was, that it was a completely dead relationship. Mm. Oof. And how long had you been married? Um, we were approaching our 24th wedding anniversary. Because our anniversary is in November. Mm. 24 years is a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah, 24 years and a chiropractic practice together, two kids together. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of history, a lot of, um, you know, really being intertwined. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because, as you know, at the beginning of the summer, I got out of a five-year relationship and I felt like my whole world was ending. I can't imagine what it must take to come to feeling ready to walk away from such a big, big part of your life. Yeah. Um, you know, over the years, there were a couple other times where I had thought about it and a couple times where we actually uh, 
I won't say discussed it because it wasn't like it was a um, a joint discussion. <laughs> you know, it was <laughs> it was me saying, "Okay, hello, I'm not happy," um, but none of those times did I really, really feel it like I did last year. I mean, last year I was done. Absolutely. Hmm. What do you think the difference was? Um, well, I, a large part of it was, um, the personal work that I did, uh, through the creme mm -hmm. and, you know, really, um, finding myself again, remembering who I was, um, and not just remembering, but really finding my, my own identity and strength, um, because I actually never really had that, um, even when I was a child in my family of origin, um, I never was allowed, you know, to have a voice and that had just continued. And so, um, in ways I didn't, I wasn't just remembering who I really was, but I really, um, you know, learned who I was and was able to, uh, connect with that part of me that, um, I guess, really never developed, you know? <laughs> I'm just remembering when I signed up for the creme, I came home and told my then boyfriend that I had signed up for this huge personal growth program. And what he asked is, um, are you going to leave me behind? <laughs> I remember. Yeah, and I, I told him, you know, that's not my intention, but you're going to have to choose to grow too, you know. And, of course, we, we both did grow, but it's so funny to me how um, I'm not saying the creme is responsible for you deciding that you wanted a divorce. However, it's, uh, it's interesting how when we take on these big personal growth journeys, things in our lives really do shift. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's really interesting because when I first joined the creme, my husband said to me, well, and I had, my intention when I joined the creme was to rediscover myself. You know, my daughter had just moved off to college. My son was just starting high school, so it was the first year that I was not homeschooling them. And... I said at the beginning of this call, the main um, way I identify myself is as a mom. And, mm -hmm. and I could even clarify that more by saying a homeschool mom because I, you know, that was my full-time job for so many years. And I didn't realize that they were both going to like, quote, leave me the same year. I didn't expect mm -hmm. to be, you know, have both of them at home and then both of them not home the same time. Mm -hmm. I, I thought I'd have a few years still homeschooling my son before he went off to college. 
So it, even though there was a year before they left, or I, I shouldn't say they left, but before I stopped homeschooling, that last year I knew it was coming, but yet it still felt, felt very abrupt. So when I started the CREM, um, my intention was to find myself, to you know, figure out what it was that I wanted at that point for me. And my husband said to me, well, in finding yourself again, I hope that you still want me, that you still choose Oof. me at the end of this. And I didn't share it with him at the time because I really wasn't sharing much with him at the time. Um, that the other half of my intention in the creme was to figure out once and for all what I wanted in this relationship. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to stay or if I wanted to leave. Because I did feel like I had one foot in and one foot out for a long mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and so it sounds like you hadn't fully decided by the end of the creme what transpired between your graduation from the creme in early summer and when you finally came to that empty place last October um I don't know that there was anything specific. I was still, um, I think, processing and uh, growing, you know, utilizing the tools that I learned and developed in the creme. And, and no, I hadn't 100% uh, decided, but when, when the creme ended, um, you know, I was... I was still in the relationship and I was going to still, you know, stay in the relationship. And I, at some point in the summer, I do remember thinking, um, you know, my, my son's in high school so that he would have been his, I guess that would have been his sophomore year at that point. And, um, And so I pretty much had told myself, well, no matter what, I'm staying here until he uh, graduates from high school. You know, I'm mm. not going to make any decision 100% until he graduates from high school. And, you know, maybe that was just fear, not wanting to have to make a decision and so I could put it off. But, um, but I also didn't want to disrupt his, you know, life at such a critical time where he's getting ready to, you know, start the whole college search process and, you know, everything that entails, um, and having, you know, really having to work and maintain his GPA so that he would have, more, you know, plenty of choices when it came to college. So I, I just, I wasn't going to, um, you know, I didn't want to hurt any of that. So, um, but then in October, uh, just some changes in the office occurred and, um, neither my husband nor myself, we weren't dealing with it very well. And I just, 
got to the point where I just couldn't, I just realized one day I just can't keep going on pretending. So. Can you tell me a little bit about what your marriage was like? Um, okay. Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it sounded um, like it died again. Um, ah, that's so funny. I'm like, you could be talking about your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> sounded like it died again. Yeah, really. And that's actually, you know, over the years, that's how it would be. It would be good for a while. And then, I mean, I know every relationship, every marriage has its ups and downs. Um, ours really felt like it was extremes. Um, and it's actually kind of interesting because my personality, I'm very even keeled. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a Capricorn, so very just serious and, you know, just, okay, let's, let's go. My husband's a cancer and mm. personality and that he is very, you know, extreme emotions. And so that's, you know, kind of how our relationship was. And, um, and it was hard for me to deal with the, you know, the extremes, little, little ups and downs, no big deal, but the extremes, it got, it just got very, very difficult. Um, you know, when it was good, it was great. When it was bad, it was really bad. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, I can't hear you again. Oh, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Oof, I got so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, there's going to be a uh, lot of editing here. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. Um, you don't need to apologize, it's not your fault. It's the technology. Um, and... I know you and I have had some conversations on this privately. I don't want to take it anywhere you want, don't want to go. However, I do have the sense that you really didn't feel like you were being heard and didn't feel like you were being met when you tried to address um, what was happening. Um, yeah. No, I, I definitely um, did not feel heard. And um, my relationship with my husband had really kind of taken on, um, similarities of my relationship with my dad. Mm. And like I said, you know, when I was a child with my family, I had, um, no voice to the point of the fact that my dad, you know, would actually tell me that I couldn't say anything. And he would, you know, I, I guess lecture, I don't like that word, but pretty much, you know, lecture me on how I was falling short or whatever. And um, when he was done, then he would send me off to my room. So, um, mm. you know, in my relationships, which I mean, I really only had one serious relationship before my husband. And, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, both of them, I pretty much 
handled the same way because I really didn't know how to access my voice. And so when I tried um, and it wasn't initially successful, then I would just not try. So, and my husband's, you know, a strong personality. And um, so it was very easy for me to just shy away and hide. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much what I did. Mm-hmm. You used the word pretending earlier. Mm-hmm. What were you pretending? Um, hmm. Pretending that I was happy and that I wanted to be in this relationship. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people listening can resonate with that. So how did it go a year ago today when you broke the news? Um, well, immediately my husband was, uh, you know, trying to figure out what to do to keep that from happening. And mm. we had been to counseling together once before earlier in our marriage and went for probably about six months. Um, it didn't go very well. Um, I don't think either one of us really liked the therapist that we were seeing and you know, she <laughs> wasn't very, um, I don't want to say she wasn't helpful, but it wasn't helpful for us. And, um, and then Years later, we actually both were seeing somebody different, so we were going separately. And Mm -hmm. things were definitely better during that time. We were communicating better, um, getting along better. And after, I don't know, maybe two years, we stopped doing that. And um, so... A year ago, when I told my husband that I was done, right away he um, said that, you know, we can go back to therapy. Let's, let's give this a try. And, you know, I pretty much told him I, I didn't see the point. I really just didn't see that that was going to make a difference. And you know, just because I was so convinced that I was done. And he, and I also didn't believe that he would actually stick with it and, Mm. you know, and follow through. So he called his therapist that he was seeing individually. He called her right there on the spot and said, I need to get in to see you as soon as possible. And, um, he got a call back from her 
later that afternoon and was in her office like the next day or two days later. Um, and then she referred a, gave him a name of somebody that we could go see together. And, um, and then he, so he came back to me and asked me if I'd be willing to do that. Mm. And were you? Um, looking back on it now, I, I actually kind of laugh because I really wasn't. But I said yes. <laughs> so I guess That's ultimately, yeah. So ultimately, I guess I was, but um, but I will say that um, in my head, as I said yes, I was also saying to myself, "Yeah, sure," and I'll prove to you why we are so over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll go to therapy. You want to go to therapy? I'll go. Oh, oh yeah. Man, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I seriously had the gloves on. I was, I was ready. <laughs> gloves on. What a, what a good way to describe it. Yeah. So then what happened? So, um, it was within that next week, um, we were in the therapist office together and, um, and it's actually funny too, because I can remember when we sat down, we sat down on like either side of the couch. So there was space in between us and I sat down and I was, I actually had to say to myself, don't cross your arms, don't cross your arms because <laughs> <laughs> again, because I was there basically to prove to my husband how this was not going to work. Um, so I sat down and just put my hands in my lap. And that first, um, that first, uh, that first time I pretty much just let him do the majority of the talking. Um, you know, of course the therapist asked me some questions, but it was, I, I was pretty brief and, um, you know, just <laughs> almost pointed the finger and said, you know, we're here because he needs to be here kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I mean, fast forward to now. Um, and I mean, like. I feel like we have a lot to cover still about the evolution of all of this. So yeah, well, just tell me Caroline. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, the, the first three months it were brutal. I mean, absolutely brutal. Oh. It was, and I mean, I did, um, open up and I mean, we, we shared stuff that not just, you know, certain things that maybe we had already, we already knew that we had already had, you know, fights about and discussions about, but we shared it differently, um, there with the therapist. And I, I did actually share a lot that I had never shared. Um, you know, a lot of it, I'm sure that my husband realized, but just didn't realize the depth to the feelings for me. 
And so the first three months were really difficult. Um, and right around the six month mark, um, I, I really have no idea um, what shifted, but something very significant shifted. And I, I felt like we were sitting there in that room with all the walls completely down, just raw and naked in our vulnerability like we never had been before. And, mm. and that was a turning point. And mm. from that point on, so that was about six months in, and um, so this last six months has just been reclaiming our love for each other and our, you know, desire to um, continue going through this life together. And it's been oh. amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, what it was you were finally able to see in that space of rawness and vulnerability. Um, I saw his heart. Yeah, I really saw, I saw him and I saw his heart. And and it, it was beautiful in a way that it never had been. And I mean, when, when he and I got together, we both, you know, fell hard and fast. And it was, um, very passionate, very, um, you know, explosive and energizing and just, you know, it was, it was crazy exciting. And, and it was like that for, for a while. We were together for four years before we got married. Mm -hmm. And, um, anyway, and then, you know, just life and, um, you know, both of us dealing or, or going through our protective mechanisms um, over the years, and it just, you know, all these walls built up. And I will say that um, the therapist that we are seeing, his, um, he follows the, uh, like, attachment theory when it comes to relationships, um, mm -hmm. and the very first visit he told us it's similar to attachment parenting. And I seriously burst out laughing when he said that, because that's how we had chosen to raise our kids. Um, mm -hmm. which can is, can you, um, sorry, I was gonna say, can you just explain a little bit about what that is? Cause I'm only vaguely familiar with the philosophy and I want to be fully with you. Sure. Sure. Um, well in the attachment parenting, um, frame, it's 
about being with your child and, um, you know, always giving them that security that you are there for them and Mm -hmm. that they will be responded to. So when the child cries, you pick them up. When Mm -hmm. they want to nurse, you, you nurse them, you know, or when they want to feed, you nurse them. So it's basically nursing on demand. Um, we did the, uh, the co-sleeping, um, mm-hmm. and I really didn't leave my kids with anybody like, I mean, no babysitters or anything for the first two and a half to three years of their life for each of them. Wow. Yeah. So, and the, the theory behind it is that you, um, you create this secure attachment, um, for the child to, you as the parent and Mm -hmm. because they have that secure relationship with you they know they can count on you it gives them the confidence to then explore the world because they know that you are there for them um and and it made a lot of sense to us when we had our kids actually even before we had our kids but um you know once we chose to do that then it just it really made a lot of sense and um with my daughter, I felt like she really thrived and she was very, very outgoing. Um, -hmm. but she wanted to know that I was around. So like if we went to a party, um, and a close friend of ours would have regular parties, um, he's older. And so the crowd was older than us. And my daughter, before my son came, my daughter was the only child there and she would be you know like three years old and we would go to the party and she would end up walking around to all the different tables introducing herself and just (laughs) you know the life of the party and it was (laughs) fine as long as I was there if I left then you know the the security would be shaken and um You know what I'm saying? So, so that's kind of the theory behind the attachment. So we chose to parent our children that way, but we never even considered that as human beings, we are all wired to have attachments, to have relationships and in a securely attached relationship, you have that security of knowing that this person that is your primary attachment figure has your back. And that's, that was broken between my husband and I. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and we didn't realize that. So when the therapist said it's similar to attachment parenting, I just started laughing because I'm like, okay, we did that with our kids, but we didn't even think that, you know, (laughs) it's important in our relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Like we did it for them, but we failed to do it for us. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, uh, you know, those first three to six months, that's every, every like issue that we brought up, our therapist would look at it from that attachment or through that attachment lens. And, Mm. and so we really learned how, when, when my attachment issues were threatened, um, 
because of something my husband said, did, or didn't do, I would withdraw and, you know, just go internal, um, be quiet, either physically go away or just, you know, in internalize and not talk. And then that would threaten my husband's, uh, mm. um, you know, type of attachment because I'm withdrawing. And so he would then go into fear. Why is she withdrawing? It would, um, it would threaten his attachment issue. And then he would start to get angry and kind of not like come at me, but I mean, he would get upset and then I'd be withdrawing more, which would get him more upset. And it was just this cycle. Um, mm. So in the process of learning our attachment styles and, um, and really working on that attachment part to help the other feel safe and secure in, within the relationship, um, that's what really brought us back together um, because we could understand, you know, um, I'm withdrawing because I don't feel safe right now. And, and it was actually really interesting too, because in the beginning, um, the therapist really wanted to work first with getting me to the point, point where I was feeling safe enough to open up and talk about my feelings. And then once mm -hmm. we got to that point, then he wanted to work on Rick and Rick feeling safe. And I'm sitting at first, I was sitting here thinking, wait a minute, what does he have to not feel safe about? You know, I totally mm. did not even understand that neither one of us were feeling safe within the relationship. And yeah. once I saw that, it, it was really eye opening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. I recently had an experience where, <laughs> I mean, this was not with someone I'm in an intimate relationship with. It was like in a business exchange <laughs> where I reached out to somebody and triggered their self-defense mechanism. And I had been feeling totally grounded and fine, but they communicated to me from their self-defense mechanism, which totally threw me into mine. Mm. Um, and it, I'm just seeing the parallel in what you're saying. It's like when you went into self-defense mode, so did he. And then it becomes this like vicious cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we were doing this dance over and over year after year. <laughs> mm. And, you know, it just, it made sense why we ended up where we ended up because of you know, just the repeating the pattern over and over. And, you know, we, of course, looked at my upbringing and my husband's upbringing. And we both have, you know, issues, as we all do, I'm sure, from our childhood. And mm -hmm. we both know each other, or we knew each others, but... In doing this particular work, we saw it in a completely different way. And um, 
you know, I suppose you could say it was just learning more layers of it and learning um, even deeper how it truly affects us and, um, and how we respond with different relationships because of those old family wounds. Um, so it was just, it was all very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like now you guys are living in a totally new reality. A totally new reality. Yeah. Mm. And what's that like? I mean, oh my gosh, if you had said to me a year ago, you'll still be in this marriage and you'll be happy. I wouldn't have believed it. I really mm. would not have believed it. And, um, and you know, and, and we truly are, it's, it's, it's so totally different. And, and it's, um, I mean, we've had issues come up, had some fights, you know, over the last couple months and the repair after each individual upset is complete. I feel like it's completely thorough in the sense Mm. that we, you know, we can have an upset now and by the end of the discussion, you know, we're hugging each other and saying, I love you. And I, and for me, you know, I truly mean it. And it's like, okay, you know, we, this happened, we learned from it. We're, you know, back on solid ground and woohoo, let's, you know, continue, continue on. Mm. Um, where it was, you know, pretending. No, no. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I just never, I really never thought that, um, you know, repairing the wounded relationship could be so, uh, so thorough, so deep. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful thing for your children to witness. Yeah, that's, that was actually really interesting. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our growth occurred while my daughter was away. And she came home for the summer. I mean, she came home during spring break, but when she came home from the summer, she, with both of us, she was like, wow. (laughs) She's like, what's going on here? Um, You know, she definitely saw and felt a difference. And, um, you know, she... With Jordan, we always know what she's feeling. She is very good about articulating (laughs) the good, Mm. the bad, the ugly, everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't hold back. (laughs) No. Um, My son is very quiet. And Mm -hmm. um, he really hadn't, you know, said much. And my husband asked him once. He said, you know, we really haven't talked to you much about the fact that we're seeing a therapist does it scare you? Does it make you nervous? And my son 
responded very quickly and said, no, not at all. He said, I think it's actually great that you guys are going. And, Mm. you know, and he's 16. So it was, um, you know, when my husband shared that with me, I, it just kind of warmed my heart and I'm like, oh, that's nice. You know? Um, so yeah, they, um, I know, I think for my, my daughter, especially seeing that the, you know, the difference in that, um, I suppose I say for her because she, I think, saw my unhappiness more than my son did, or at least she um, acknowledged it. And so for her to see me as happy as I am now, um, you know, really... uh, I don't know, I guess has taught her a little bit about relationships and, um, you know, just the work that a long-term relationship can be. Mm -hmm. And what was her reaction like when she came home and the atmosphere was so different? Um, she, I mean, she was really, she was definitely happy, but it was, it was a little, um, I think it was a little unnerving for her at first, just because it was like, you know, okay, wait, <laughs> what, did I just come into my home? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like, who are you and what have you done with my parents? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, um, there may have even been a little bit of an adjustment period needed for her. Um, and I think more so because she had been gone, you know, my son was there and saw all the little increments of growth, um, and changes along the way. Whereas she was gone for months and cause she goes to school on the other side of the country. So it's not like she's home frequently. Um, she only comes home on, you know, her big breaks. So she had been gone for a couple months and then she came home. So it was more drastic for her. But, um, but no, she has said a few times how excited she is for, for us. And, um, you know, it just feels great. Mm. So what's your biggest learning from all this? Um, well, I have to say that my, the biggest learning is, uh, the communication in a relationship and, you know, how to do that with vulnerability and, you know, one that you need to be willing to communicate and be completely vulnerable. And then at the same time, you have to be willing to listen to your partner, um, and receive Mm -hmm. what they're sharing in their vulnerability. Um, you know, I, don't feel like I had 
great relationship role models growing up. And so between the creme and the work that we did with our therapist together, um, you know, I just, I learned more about myself and then I learned um, just a lot about being in a relationship mm-hmm. and what that entails, truly entails. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like we live in this society where like we're not really taught how to be in relationship and we all have these kind of fucked up models <laughs> and then we get yeah. to be adults and we're like, why aren't my relationships working? And it's like, well, there are actual skills required. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like it's, <laughs> there are like actual skills that are totally necessary to be in a successful functioning partnership with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and and to be in a successful relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, you know what? Neither one of us had either one of those. <laughs> 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 um, you know, his my husband's parents divorced when he was uh, thirteen, and it was a brutal, nasty process. Um, where the kids were in court and in front of both their parents had to choose who they wanted to live with. Um, so there was, you know, a serious tug of war that went on and, you know, a lot of, um, abandonment issues developed for my husband during that time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he had pointed out numerous times, um, with me, that at least my parents stayed together and that's true. They did, but my parents, Mm. you know, their relationship was not necessarily a healthy one. It really, (laughs) really wasn't. And then (laughs) my dad's specifically my dad's relationship with us, um, Mm. as kids was, um, well, just not, not a great one. My dad grew up in a different time. He was much older than my mom and uh he just grew up in a different time where you know a woman's place was barefoot pregnant in the kitchen you know that kind of thing and um and that came through loud and clear uh while we were growing up so we both definitely had you know our our issues when it came to relationships so Mm, I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. I am too. (laughs) So, I mean, and again, the, I just keep coming back to the fact that true repair in a relationship can happen if that's what you both desire and are willing to, you know, really look at it and put the work in. And, um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think either one of us were really ready to do that, um, ready or willing, you know, to do that until last year. And, um, Mm. you know, and a big part of it, I think what really um, spurred that for my husband is that he really 
believed me. And, and he said that because I asked him, you know, why, why this time? Because as I said at the beginning, you know, I had, I guess, threatened, and I say that with quotes, um, you know, threatened that I was done, that, you know, I wanted, that I was considering this, that kind of thing. Um, but I had truly made that decision last year. And, and he knew it, he felt it, and he truly believed it, whereas he didn't before. So Yeah, it's interesting that it's like your, your willingness to walk away is what finally got him to the table. Yeah. Oh. What do you love most about Rick? <laughs> my, my first thought was, he's a dork, just like me. <laughs> mm. um, no, mm. actually, you know, what, what I do love about him, and it was one of the first things that I loved about him, is that he's fun and adventurous. And, um, and it's actually funny that that word just popped into my head because I know in one of our previous discussions, we were talking about, um, that, that word came up adventurous and, mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, that really drew me to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's very playful I love that where as I mentioned earlier too, I'm a Capricorn. And so I've always, um, I've always been considered the serious one, both in my, mm. my family when I was a kid and, um, when my kids were younger, they used to refer to dad is the fun one and mom is the serious one. <laughs> hmm. So, um, he brings out my playful side, which I really like. I'm so present to the word that you used earlier, um, reclaiming. And it sounds like you really reclaimed all of these things inside your relationship, like the love and the silliness and the play and the adventure. Yeah. Yeah, we really have. That's incredible. Yeah, and we're super excited in our adventure that we're discussing now is that we actually are going to be um, taking our first vacation, just the two of us, um, and going to Paris in January. Oh my gosh, City of Lovers. I know, I know, and we're super excited, and, um, and yeah, it's just... It is just going to be play and fun and, and adventure. He's never been there, so it'll be, it'll uh, be great. You'll have to try to go back to that monument. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually told him that. I was really disappointed I couldn't, couldn't go last time. So, mm, Yeah, I am. Um, when Caroline was going to Paris before, I told her, I was like, if there's one thing you have to see, it's this um, Holocaust monument that's one of the most beautiful. 
things I've ever seen. And she tried to go, and of course it was closed that day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I should have looked into the hours before we headed that direction. (laughs) No, that'll be perfect. You get to go with Rick. Yeah, yeah. Well, Caroline, is there anything that we've missed? Is there anything that you really wanted to bring forward in this conversation that we haven't yet touched on? Um, I, no, I don't think so. Okay, well then, shall we move into our closing moments together? Sure. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and come back to your breath. And feel into where you were a year ago today. That empty feeling. And allow yourself to be present to everything that's transpired since then and all you've generated and all that's shifted and all that's grown in that empty space. And when you're ready, share with me in one word how you're feeling. excited and and I actually need three words excited for (laughs) the possibilities I guess that's four words but just Mm. you know the the endless possibilities that are available to us now you know love that And if you could travel back in time to a year ago today and whisper directly in your own ear, what would you say? Mm. Let down your walls. It'll be okay. What beautiful advice. Mm, yeah. <sighs> I want to like get that made into a sign and hang it on the wall. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I probably should too. It's just a reminder that, you know, I don't I don't need them anymore. Yeah. Mm. Caroline, I really want to acknowledge you for sharing yourself so openly and vulnerably with me as you have in the past and as you've done here today and also with Rick. It's so beautiful and inspiring to witness you inside the possibility of bringing a relationship back to life and 
learning how to live in possibility where previously it felt like there was none. It gives me so much strength and so much hope to be able to share with you and what's possible. Mm, thank you. You're so welcome. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners before we sign off? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I do hope that sharing this, uh, you know, helps anybody if, you know, they're in a similar situation, um, and might, that it might give someone hope that, um, that even if it looks really bad and looks like, you know, there's no way to come out of that deep, dark hole, um, that it is possible. You know, I didn't think it was. And, you know, I was, thankfully I was proven wrong. And, um, you know, and so glad that I, I stuck with it. Mm. I love it. <laughs> Don't give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's really present for me, even as you say that again, is the, um, the truth that it was your willingness to honor yourself and to walk away that is what actually brought the thing back to life. Yeah. So I want to really acknowledge you again for learning how to honor yourself because look at how powerful that is. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to talk with me. Well, thank you for having me. It was lovely chatting. <laughs> <laughs> You're so welcome. Also, um, I feel a little bit hesitant to say this because I don't want to jinx it, but my headache is totally gone. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew this conversation was going to help. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm so glad. Oh. So glad. Mm. All right. I will talk to you soon. Mom. Okay. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank okay. you. And uh, to everybody listening, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Bye. Bye.